Well, I uh, shared, if you were here last week, that I had joined Weight Watchers to lose weight. And uh, they said that you got to go exercise too, so now I'm ready for the club. I uh, have my bag, all the right clothes, membership card, you know. For those of you who do that kind of thing, is this enough? There's more, isn't there? The whole point is having a membership card in the right clothes is an exercise. And it won't cause me to lose weight. I actually would have to go and exercise. And in that process, the Y would hand me a whole sheet of classes. Not just to exercise, but also because i got to learn a whole bunch of stuff. Not that I know all that. I just know enough that I don't know anything about exercise. The reason I'm out here dressed like this is to make a point. Because sometimes aren't we sort of naive like that spiritually? I get a membership card, and I think I've covered my base. I might go to the club once in a while, to church. But if I don't stay at the club, if I don't work out at the club, having the membership card or having the right clothes isn't going to do much spiritually, is it? It's pretty much the same. Now for exercise clubs, that sounds pretty obvious to us and we all get it. But I'm not sure we always get it about church and about how we grow spiritually. And that's really what we want to talk about and what we are talking about. We started last week. We talked about the fact that we want a new life. Oh. There. And just like the club, we want to be healthy. I, I don't want to have high blood pressure. I don't want to be overweight, so if I have to do very much physically, I'm panting. I don't want to develop type 2 diabetes. There's all kinds of reasons that I want to be healthy. There's all kinds of benefits of being healthy, but how do you get there? Spiritually, it's the same. We talked a little bit about that last week, and each week I want to sort of touch base on one of the things that is available to us spiritually that we can have. And one of them is that basic thing called a new life. If you look over, well, this is not, there we go. I don't know why it's not working. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. There's two concepts that Paul offers us there, both of which I think to most of us would be very appealing. One is the old is gone. I think all of us have things in our life that we would say, I'd be happy to be done with that. You know, have a garage sale and say, it's gone. Whether it's things in our past, things that we've done, attitudes that we have, habits that we have, situations or friendships or whatever it is that we look back or we look at that old and say, boy, that was stupid. 
boy, I wish I didn't have that. I wish I hadn't done that. And lo and behold, God's, Paul says, God says, the old can be gone. But it's not just a getting rid of. The other thing that Paul says here is that we can have a new life. A, a, a fresh beginning. A, a do-over. And who isn't attracted to that? God offers us that. He says, as Christians, we can have this old being gone and this new coming. But how does it happen? How do we get in shape? We began looking last week at this Mission Impossible series. Okay, Ellie, I'm just going to have to point to you. The clicker's not working. Um, and, and we're going to look every week at five things. Okay? And last week we started, okay, at, and we looked at connect. And that... And the, Part of this new life comes because we're not going to do it by ourselves. Why do we go to a club? It's easier by yourself. You have a group of people you exercise with. You lift weights with them. You're, you're in the, the bicycling class, that that's not what it's called, spinning class. And, and, and all these kinds of things. You can tell how much I'm into the club, Okay. But we learn that by doing that together, I talked last week about going to Weight Watchers or any other weight loss program. You want people around because doing it alone is way harder. It's no different spiritually. Even though it's gotten real trendy that it's just sort of me and God and I don't need other Christians, but guess what? We do. We all do. I do. You do. And it's so important for us to find this new life by connecting. Even on Mission Impossible, you have a team that you do the impossible mission with. Well, today we're going to look at the next one. And that's already up. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have pointed my fault. Grow. Okay? That clicker's broken. <laughs> um, and by growing, what I mean is not just the goal that we grow but that sense of growing, of, of learning, and finding new things, understanding new things, new skills, that learning that I need to have so that I grow, so that I can figure this out and have this spiritual growth. I entitled the sermon, Knowledge is Power. We use that everywhere, don't we? Because it is. I may not do anything, but when I gain certain knowledge, it is a power. I now understand things. I know how things work. One of the fascinating things at, at Weight Watchers is every week as you sit there, you're gaining knowledge. How the metabolism works, why carbs matter, why protein matters. All of this knowledge helps. And, and, and why Cinnabon consumes five days of your, of your allowed caloric intake. And you can never go there with a free conscience again. You're never the same when you gain knowledge. Well, that is all true for us spiritually. And that's the grow piece. We need to understand how do you live this Christian life, this new life? How do you get there? 
what's it even look like? What doesn't work? What, what might even trip you up so you don't get that new life? All of those things are understanding we need to gain. Because after we learn them, we're never the same. I want you to turn over. Well, no, I don't want you to turn over. I put it on the screen because I like the New Living Translation. Um, it's from 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Let me read these next two screens. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. We do it for an eternal prize. Next one. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul uses a couple words there. He talks about training, that athlete who goes to the club and, and learns to do certain things so that they can be more healthy. And that as Christians, there is training that we need to go through to learn what works, what will trip us up. How do you do stuff? Training. We apply it in every other area of our life. Why do we not think it applies to our spiritual lives? And the other thing he talks about is discipline. It doesn't feel good. I always look at people jogging and exercising and think, that doesn't really look fun. As they have these pained expressions on their face. As the sweat is dripping off. And you know what? In one sense, it's not fun. The fun part is what's after that. I'm healthy. I'm physically fit. I can do all of this. I, my clothes fit. I have stamina. I have low blood pressure. I don't have type 2 diabetes. That's the fun part. The discipline is the work that gets us there. And we need to understand that as Christians, that that is spiritually also true. Our culture has an epidemic of I only want to do what feels good right now and is fun. If that's how you are, you'll never exercise. Because in the moment, it doesn't feel good. It's what it gets you to that feels good. That's true for us spiritually. There's a lot of churches today that have tried to make everything in Christianity feel good and fun. It doesn't work that way. Paul says there's pieces we need discipline. In the sense of we need to push ourselves to do what is right so that we can get to what's fun and feels good. There's things in the Christian life that we need to do that are learning and study and work and coming when we don't want to come. And coming out when it's five below. And being here on Wednesday night. And going to a small group and serving at a youth retreat all night in Kimball. There's all kinds of things like that that aren't fun in the moment. They're part of the discipline piece. What's fun is what they get you to. And that's why they're worth doing. And that's why Paul says, I do that. I discipline myself so that 
I can run the race in a way to win. I can cross the finish line. What we're talking about today, so that I can do that mission impossible and actually have new life. And it can be yours and mine. Well, I want to talk about two things. What do we need to learn? Where does this growth need to happen? And then I want to talk about, well, how do we learn this stuff? Where do we go? Okay, where's the club that we get a membership card for? Okay, the first thing is, what do we need to learn? Okay, okay. And I've got a list here I'm going to put up. Ellie, next. There you go. The first thing is we need the Bible. And I want to put it this way. We need to get comfortable with the Bible. That doesn't mean you need to be a Bible scholar. And I want you to just take a deep breath here. Because I understand that if you look at the Scripture and you dig around in it very long, you're going to say, whoa, this is big and heavy and long. And a lot of us, we don't read a ton of books anymore, and this has 66 of them. And it's like, whoa. To grow and to get to new life spiritually, you don't have to be a Bible scholar and have it all figured out. You can't. But you don't need to. Just get comfortable enough with that book that you're not intimidated to open it. There's a reason that I try and put less than half of our scriptures on this screen and why I put page numbers up there. I'm playing games with your head. I confess, okay? Confession, I'm in church. I want you to get comfortable opening that book in the pew in front of you. And if it takes a page number to get you comfortable with opening that, I'll do it uh, every day. And I won't put all the scriptures on the screen, so you'll open it up. Because then you're a little more comfortable with it. It's a little less intimidating. And how can you find things and, and, and learn? If you have a, a, an issue that comes up at work about lying, you just need to be comfortable enough that you could figure out, how can I find some verses that will help me with lying? or cheating, or, or whatever it might be that life throws at you. Because the truth is, the Bible isn't this dry, empty God book. It is one of the most wise, practical uh, instruction manuals for life that exists. It is the best instruction manual for life that exists. But you've got to get comfortable enough so you'll open it. That's why we're offering a class on Wednesday night, Bible 101. What's a framework for the Bible? It's not teaching you everything in the Bible. It's giving you this basic outline so I know where to look. And what in the world does all that Genesis stuff have to do with that crazy stuff in Revelation? And what's in the middle? All of that geared to help you get a little more comfortable with opening that book. 2 Timothy is a passage about that Bible and why it's so important for us. If you want to Turn over there. Paul is talking. Paul's nearing retirement, and his intern apprentice is Timothy. And Paul's giving him some sort of final advice as he's retiring, and Timothy's taking over. And he says something about Scripture that we should always remember. He says to Timothy, Now you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Look at all the Bible can do for us, and why I say that's where we start in this learning, this growing process. It's able to make us wise. Uh, It's able to teach us. It's able to correct us. And honestly, we do need that. It's able to train us. Just walking my way around Scripture. And we have so many advantages today. Some of you are already reading Scripture on tablets. Electronic Bibles are everywhere. You can go on the internet. Version is the best website I've found. It's absolutely free. They probably have 50 reading plans that will help you read a little bit of the Bible every day. They have all kinds of translations, and there's other websites. That's not the only one. All of these are geared to help it be easier for us to get comfortable with the Bible. Because it's part of that learning curve that we need if we're going to grow and if we're going to accomplish the mission impossible. Okay, the second thing on the list is we need to figure out who God is. Now, this is sort of like the Bible. We had fun in Sunday school. We're starting a new uh, topic in the Sunday school class I go to, the different character traits of God. Well, we're not going to get this all figured out, and you don't have to know everything there is about God. You can't. We just need to know enough that we get comfortable with him. All of us come to this process with some stereotype of God. We all have some image of God. The problem is, and what's so important, is some of those stereotypes are are way off. They're not true. They're not accurate. That's not the way God really is. And sometimes those stereotypes keep us away from God. He's this mean, judgmental God. I don't want to go near him. He's this uh, easygoing Santa Claus that I can manipulate. We get all these stereotypes of God. If we're going to grow and have a healthy spiritual life, we need to find out who God really is. Not stereotypes. Not what Grandma told me. What's the Bible say? Who is God? What's he like? Because the more we start to understand him, then everything starts to fall in place as we get to know who God really is. Who he is as Father, who he is as Son and Savior, Jesus, who he is as this Spirit that lives in us when we're believers. And figuring all of that out. Turn over to John 15. Jesus is speaking to the disciples here. And talking about this very point of our need to know him, God. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Opposite? Apart from me, you could do nothing. We're not going to do this spiritual growth on our own. And God doesn't expect us to. In fact, he says, you won't do it. It won't work. 
And we're going to talk more about this next week when we look at our third trait, third step. But part of this whole process is getting to know God because he is at the core. Okay, the third area we need to look at is Christian living. The Christian lifestyle. The truth is there is a different way to live that is a part of this new life. We look at this in other areas, don't we? If I continue to do what I've always done, I will continue to have the same results. So we can't live like we've always lived in the old life and expect to have this wonderful new life. Part of new life is learning how does a Christian live? And as our culture around us is getting more and more broken, the difference between the old life and the new life is getting bigger and bigger. And so if we don't understand this new life and, wow, I need to start doing that? Wow, I, don't, I, I shouldn't do that anymore? That's a part of finding this new life. God has a different way for us to live. A better way for us to live. It's the way he designed us to live as our creator. It's the way he designed society to work, families to work, businesses to work. He has ways that work in all of those settings, but we have to learn his ways. And they're not going to be the same as the old ways. Last week we looked at Ephesians 4. And Paul said in there, put off your old self, the old ways we used to live. Because what's he say? You're being corrupted by those deceitful desires, that old way of living. And if you keep living that way, you will continue to be corrupted by those deceitful desires. But he also says what we need to do is put on this new self, this new way of living. Because we have a different attitude. We understand things differently. We see things differently. And out of that, we live differently. The fourth thing we need to understand is what I call the big picture. Reality. And I'm not just talking about my to-do list for tomorrow or this next month. What is really going on in our world is there any purpose to this life, this chaos, this craziness? Is it going anywhere? Is there anybody in control? How do I explain people who shoot children and terrorists who take gas transmission plants and just kill them and drunk drivers? And how do I understand history and is there any purpose of life? Is there any larger plot to this craziness that I'm living in. And to find out that there actually is, and that it's part of a bigger puzzle, and we can know these pieces and know what the puzzle's about, then it makes us feel like I'm not out of control, and the world is not out of control. There may be brokenness in it, but there is one who is outside of all this craziness, who understands and knows and is in control and is working, and it changes everything. 
Paul says at one point, we're not in a conflict that's just between humans. There's bigger stuff going on here. There's spiritual stuff going on here. There's evil going on here and good going on here. And if we understand that, if we learn about that, it helps us handle life. We need to grow in all of these areas. And these areas are behind classes we offer, topics we look at in small groups, the sermons that I preach, the retreats we offer to help you grow in these areas. It's why it's important to connect. All of this flows out of learning and understanding these basic things. Okay, but how do we do that? If that's what I want to learn, how do I do that? Well, here's what's really cool, because in some ways, what we want to learn is the source of how we learn. Let me explain that. Okay, one of the ways we learn is the Bible. Kim talked about that before I came out to preach, of how core, how essential, how foundational the Bible is. It is an inspired book, ultimately written by God, not humans. They were just his secretaries who wrote it down. It is a God book with a power all its own. And so in going to that Bible, reading it, preaching about, hearing sermons about it, listening to it, podcasts, whatever way you can take in the Bible, a daily reading plan of even a few verses, anything you do with the Word, it will help you learn and grow. If there are two things that are the foundations of any progress we're going to make spiritually, it's prayer and the Bible. Prayer and the Bible. But we need that word flowing into our lives. And I would ask you, how much of that Bible is coming into your life? Because you can't grow in those four or five areas if there's no exposure in your life to the Bible. And the more exposure there is, the more growth will happen. The second thing is other Christians. We talked last week about the importance of connecting. There is so much we can learn from other Christians. And sometimes it is in a class and there's other Christians teaching us. But sometimes it's just in a conversation. Back in the cafe, standing in the hallway... And we talk with other Christians about what's going on or what we're trying to figure out or something we're questioning. And we find out that others have walked there already. Or they've figured out or, or they have the same question I do. In all ways, it's good. And we're learning from them. We're learning what works. We're learning what doesn't work. We're even learning from mistakes they made and they say, don't do what I did. It doesn't work. All of that helps us learn. That's why that connecting piece from last week is so important. That's why we do push people to don't just come to worship. Come to Sunday school. Come to a small group. Get involved in a home Bible study. Any of these ways that you can connect. I'm thrilled to see people sit in the cafe and visit with other Christians. They're connecting. And I know ultimately God will bring good things out of that. 
because we learn from each other. And that's one of the resources God gave us. The third is God himself. In just coming to God. In a brief prayer, in coming to him in worship, anytime we get near God, we're going to learn something. I'm sure you have people like that in your life. I'm blessed by people like that. They're so wise, you just hang around them for very long, and you're going to learn stuff. Just in conversation, just in watching them, just in offhand comments they make that they take for granted, and you're like, really? You'd never thought of that. Well, that's the way God is. Anytime you spend with God in any way, shape, or form, you'll be learning things, and you'll be growing. We're going to talk a lot more about that next week. It is possible to be healthy. To enjoy life, to have a lot of stamina, all of that is possible. And it is possible spiritually. We've looked at connecting. Today we've looked at growing. We're going to look at three more. This impossible mission of having a new life. A life that is actually spiritually exciting and active and a relationship with God that is transforming. It is possible for us as well. That mission impossible is possible. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this offer of being able to put away the old and have a new life. I thank you that you want to help us and you don't expect us to do it by ourselves. But there are some steps we need to take. I pray that we would all be challenged today to intentionally seek how we can be growing and learning and figuring it out so that we can experience what you offer. New life in Jesus. I pray this in his name. Amen.